Hey, I'm JR from the 18 Over Par with Mike and JR podcast, exploring the sights, stories, and sounds of golf on the prairies, where you'll find some of the most golf courses per capita of anywhere in the world, and beer. Lots of beer. 18 Over Par is proudly presented by Jamie Wilkie and the new Winnipeg Dodge Chrysler Jeep Ram Fiat. Pulling up to the clubhouse in a ride that looks half as good as your golf attire just isn't cutting it. It's time to improve your ride and your drive. You can purchase a new or used vehicle from Jamie Wilkie at the new Winnipeg Dodge in the Point West Auto Park and the former Manitoba Amateur Champ will take you for a round at Breezy Bend. So now pulling up to the clubhouse won't be so damn embarrassing and neither will your golf game. You can book your test drive today at winnipegdodge.com. Just ask for Jamie Wilkie. You can also check him out on episode two of the 18 Over Par podcast. He'll certainly be happy to see you. You can also find them on social media, so make sure you improve your ride and your drive, and the only place to do that, the new Winnipeg Dodge. They're different. You can check them out, winnipegdodge.com. It's the 18 Over Par Podcast with Mike and JR. You suck, you duckass. Welcome to 18 Over Par with Mike and JR, proudly driven by Jamie Wilkie and the new Winnipeg Dodge in the Point West Auto Park. I'm JR, he's Mike, and today... We're joined by Sean Major, Nyakwa's superintendent. He's also one of the few accredited golf course superintendents working in the province. He spent time out west and out east, but calls Manitoba home. He's also a pretty good golfer. Well, we breezed by Thank a Superintendent Day, so we figured we uh, might as well get on another superintendent, and we're super excited to have Sean Major join us uh, from Nyakwa. And Sean, we want to give uh, you and the crew a nice, well, I guess you can keep it for yourself, but uh, an 8-inch custom DQ cake from the Nick and Nikki group of DQs. You can find them at DQ Northgate, DQ Polo Park in the Food Court, DQ Niverville, and DQ St. Anne's Road. You can follow them on Instagram at DQ Manitoba. As well, a huge shout-out to Jamie Wilkie, the former Manitoba amateur champ and the new Winnipeg Dodge in the Point West Auto Park. You can check them out at winnipegdodge.com. Wilkie, this past week, sold a Jeep Grand Cherokee, a 2021, to Vili Hanela of the Winnipeg Jets. Wow. Yeah. He, uh, Vili took my vehicle, so fuck you, Vili. Philly was looking to get uh, some tips on the golf course. I think, I think that's what he was. Yeah, he definitely was looking for some tips on the golf course and maybe even to work on his shot because Wilkie could snipe him. What do you have, like 120 points when he played junior uh, yeah. or something like that one year? Manitoba amateur champion, uh, scoring yeah. title, crazy. Um, but anyways, we're going to talk a little bit more about golf with uh, Sean. And when did you actually get into golf? Because you're quite a good golfer yourself, aren't you? I love to play the game. I think it... Uh, it assists us in our profession, understanding playing conditions and wanting to have your course perform. You need that knowledge. Uh, I do believe that. Uh, started playing the game and started working in the business of golf in 1998 at the Carmen Golf Club. So are you a Manitoba yeah. native then? I am. Born uh, in the little town of Treehern and raised in Carmen, Manitoba. Ooh. And uh, many stops uh from Niagara Falls to kind of Calgary and in between. 
over the last 23 years in the business. So, yeah. Yeah. Well, I wanted to get into that. Absolutely. And, uh, so you started in Carmen and you're, so you're living in Carmen and you're just doing that. Uh, you get on the green screw there just as a summer job as you're in school. Yeah, you got it. Uh, School was done for me, graduated in uh, 98, not to date myself, but uh, <laughs> wanted, uh, you know, needed the summer job and uh, had a couple friends uh, working at the Carmen Golf Club and obviously uh, love sports, a big part of my life. Uh, so it just seemed to be a good thing. And, you know, once you're there, the fun that followed um, was uh, unbelievable to just be able to play the game that you're taking care of I guess uh, it's just enjoyable you know you get to take a lot of pride in your work and then you get to go enjoy it at the end of the day and uh, that kind of drive and passion just started right then for me and uh, kind of grew yeah understandable I could it always seemed like a fun job but I could never get up before uh, 10 a.m. <laughs> yeah no doubt that makes it challenging some days we're wrapping up by then <laughs> yeah I bet yeah <laughs> just put down the last beer and time to go wake up for work. But yeah, there um, was a lot of that when I, back in 98, but that uh, those days are long gone now. <laughs> is we, we is that, that where, <laughs> is that where you, um, you know, you, you grew your game, you know, you must've learned a lot playing. Uh, you probably, did you play a lot of golf at Carmen or were you mostly working? Nah, I mean, uh, back then, I mean, what else you do as an 18-year-old? You're done work at 2 o'clock. You tee it up, right? Um, mm-hmm. You know, the guys get on the jets and just play golf till dark. I mean, wow. you do that a couple days a week for sure. You get in the men's league there. It's uh, it's a great Wednesday night. Still go out there every Wednesday to this day and uh, mm-hmm. playing it. Uh, just, the, you know, the attitude, the vibe, the quality of that golf course, it's uh, – thoroughly enjoyable and yeah it's uh when i started playing and uh just kind of developed over time i guess and uh, still love to play never seems mm-hmm. to be enough rounds so i've never actually played the carmen golf course have you jr no i have not but i've been by it uh, numerous times and it's mm-hmm. always in gorgeous condition and i know the the carmen scramble that's a you know famous tournament that uh, that we have here in manitoba and a bunch of the the folks who we've had on the podcast they've played in the carmen scramble that's this weekend too. You bet. Oh wow! Well, shout out to those guys who will be listening to this after they've played it. But <laughs> <laughs> so, so at that point, do you, you decide maybe that you would you want to make a profession out of this? Uh, Not really. At that point, it was just a you know, it was a great way to spend life um, out, of, out of high school and then you know free. <laughs> <laughs> I was actually uh, in university, um, spent some time taking the U of M. I think it was university one. I don't know what it is nowadays, but uh, did that, you know, through a campus on in town there in Carmen. Uh, then I went to Brandon University for a couple of years. I was pursuing uh, education and, and I wanted to be a gym teacher. Um, you know, like I said, I love sports. That's what got me through, through school. Um, and everything like that. So that's kind of where my focus was and uh, got into a little bit of student teaching, spent the week with uh, grade seven class. And, uh, you know, to be quite honest, uh, 
discovered quite quickly. I don't know if that's how I could uh, spend my. <laughs> um, you know, kids are the worst. That. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, definitely, kids are not the worst. But, you know, from there it was uh, back to the drawing board, and I mean, I'd still been working at the golf course in the summers through through that, and uh, still thoroughly enjoyed it. And kind of at that point, I made a jump moved to Niagara Falls with a good friend and uh, learned what building golf courses is all about. I went through that for a while at a place called Grand Niagara Resort. Just an unbelievable project, a lot of fun to be a part of. Um, met some great people, which is what the industry is all about and what's been so fantastic about it. And you just started to see that immediately with making a move and, and, and how welcoming everything was. And uh, from there, the, the, you know, the drive and the passion really grew. And when that project was complete, uh, back to Manitoba here and hopped into the uh, education world for, uh, for turf management. Amazing. So you were actually a part of them building the Grand Niagara Resort. Is that what you're saying? You betcha. Yep. Wow. That, that's pretty cool. Just to see it, uh, yeah, develop, you know, and into something and then, and then see a finished product would be so, uh, uh, rewarding. Absolutely. Yeah. It's, uh, like I said, that's, what's so great about our job is every day there's, uh, there's a lot of, a lot of rewards. Um, and it's, uh, it's very enjoyable. So you get into red river, sorry, JR, you go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say, so were you working when building that? Were you working with contractors uh, as well and just kind of trying to get it done as fast as possible? Oh, I don't think it was a rush. I mean, they had an opening day in mind, no question, but it was a, it was a well-done project. Um, I believe it was TDI, if I recall, might have been the construction company there at that time. I was just a guy on the crew, right? Uh, they had their... Uh, had their contractors building the course and as it's complete um, and it's time to grow grass, that stuff gets turned over to the, uh, the superintendent. And uh, so I got there with, you know, my four or five years experience at the Carmen golf club and, and learned some awesome stuff from Rob Ham there, the superintendent, longtime guy there and uh, was able to bring those skills to, to Ontario and quickly uh, just, you know, worked hard, asked a lot of questions and uh, found myself kind of getting more and more responsibility. And uh, yeah, again, just kind of grew from there. So it was uh, a lot of fun to be a part of that and see it. Yeah. From, you know, nothing uh, to, to quite, quite a really good golf course that year it opened. Yeah, I've never heard of Grand Niagara, but now I'm now I'll have to put it on my uh, my bucket list. Yeah, that lengthy, <laughs> lengthy bucket list now. Lengthy. Yeah, I'm gonna have to take ten years off and just play it. <laughs> every golf That's pretty good. It's a stone's throw away from Niagara Falls and uh, yeah, Marine Land. As oh, I'm, as I'm, <laughs> everybody loves marine everybody land, right? does love marine land <laughs> except for so the you, animals in marine land we don't have to go there <laughs> no we don't but uh so we, you get into green space management at red river uh you know I, i'm sure we could guess what that's all about just kind of teaching yeah you know the yeah. the biology of of turf and everything yeah absolutely a lot of great you know foundational stuff there learned some great great instructors um you know rob officer a guy i have a ton of respect for former superintendent and uh was was a really great turf instructor there and uh, i think he really set everyone in that program up for uh success uh, which was was great to be a part of and, and yeah i mean they take you through 
I guess what what is you know the building blocks and the foundations of turf management, golf course construction, you know irrigation, drainage, all the stuff that's involved with what we do, and uh, just kind of get you ready for it. So um, fortunate at that time to land at uh, St. Charles Country Club in Winnipeg for. Uh, Kerry Watkins, uh, you know, great mentor to myself. Uh, ended up working for Kerry for ten years, and so through uh, through my time at Red River, uh, I got, uh, in my opinion, probably the best education you can get in working for him and working at uh, you know that excellent golf club as well. Yeah, yeah, we talked to uh, Braden Gilbert last week from uh, St. Charles, and he had a lot of interesting stuff to talk about. And I, I read that you were you were there at St. Charles for the 2010 LPGA uh, Canadian Open. Yeah, yeah, that was a pretty phenomenal experience. I mean, to be on the host team, uh, you know, Braden had his side, of course, I had mine. Um, obviously, we were all a team, but to be able to look at it and, and prep your side of the course uh, and have that responsibility for, you know, the best players in the world and see it all come together, the weather held out really well. Um, we got some much needed rain on the final day, you know, after the putt was in the hole from Michelle on the 18th. Um, but, you know, that rush of, you know, being at work and then giving her for, you know, 20 hours a day, essentially, <laughs> um, you know, you're there all through the day, manning radios, watching golf, just, just riding the adrenaline and the wave of the spectators, the players, and, and just, again, that pride you have for your golf course. So um, that with the morning maintenance and the evening maintenance, uh, you know, they're, uh, they're pretty special weeks for everyone involved. And, and that one certainly was. Yeah. And I am not even that week, you know, the, I bet the, the, the months leading up to that, I'm sure you guys had a lot of work to do and uh, preparation. Yeah, no question. I mean, you, you want it to be perfect. We all do. I don't think you'll find a superintendent that doesn't want it to be perfect, but uh, you know, the reality is perfect is uh, tough to achieve in nature. And, you know, we had it close. I think uh, everything within that picture frame is Carrie used to say was, was pretty solid, you know, um, no question. There's perimeter stuff that we're always working and striving to improve, but uh, the main playing surfaces, I think were, were more than excellent for the best players in the world. And I think they, uh, they thoroughly enjoyed their time. at mm-hmm. St. Were the mosquitoes as unbearable as we have heard? <laughs> oh man, I can't even tell you how bad they were. I think the worst, you know, if there was one poor experience for me in that old tournament was getting trapped in a Malathion cloud on the Mackenzie <laughs> Bay at three o'clock or four o'clock in the morning. Um, oh, oh, they no. were horrendous. You know, it's you forget how bad they've been. We've been so fortunate the last few, three, four years in Manitoba here. It's been enjoyable without mosquitoes. But yeah, they were as bad as you've heard, no question. <laughs> wow. <laughs> and hey, you survived the Malathion swarm, though. So hey, good on you. Yeah, you bet. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, I was going to say, I, was, I remember Derek Goodwin saying that they made the uh, the Woods Nine a parking lot. And I was curious if there was a lot of uh, fairway fixes to do after the uh, <laughs> the parking lot on the 
on the Woods 9? <laughs> no, you know what? It actually held everything pretty well. I mean, uh, it was only for four or five days, and uh, it's amazing what turf can take. You know, we had team members camping out there, too, overnight instead oh, wow. of <laughs> traveling home. Uh, you know, they got to take in the full experience, and, and we had, I think, three or four people with tents set up and a few people in the tents. So, again, you make it a, a special event, and uh, like I said, it, it definitely was. Is there a lot of conversations? Um, Braden was mentioning to it. It is a relatively small community, the golf superintendent uh, world. And so is there a lot of conversations, whether it's in Manitoba or in Canada or around the world with superintendents, just if they're going through the same struggles as maybe someone else? 100%. I think that's uh, one of the only ways to survive our industry. I don't, I don't want to say survive. It's uh, to be successful. You know, we rely on each other heavily. Um we got group chats going and, and group texts, and you know that happens once a day, three times a day, once a week. But they're always available, always there. There's not many guys you can't pick up the phone, <clears throat> excuse me, and give them a call. Yeah, it, it is. There's a ton of communication right across the country. I mean, I've been fortunate to work in Ontario and Alberta, and if you know I'm struggling, having challenges there's no hesitancy to reach out to someone that you know has had that challenge. And if they haven't had that challenge, they'll know someone who has, and they'll quickly refer you to them. Um, you know, and then, and same with hospitality, it's not just for challenges. I mean, uh, it, it's a pretty tight network of, of peers. And, uh, again, it, it's one of the, the most rewarding sides of the career is being able to hang your hat with, uh, the folks that are in the business. Was there any, uh, association uh questions regarding uh spectator traffic because if with that many people walking around a golf course i'm sure there are some uh some some repairs you got to do you know the the infrastructure from the event um you know there was some repairs from that but we had some fortunate weather events I, you know as far as i can recall <laughs> it has been a while um you know, we had a, quite a bit of rain there after the event. We had a lot of damage, you know, from the takedown of the structures and the heavy equipment required for that. But uh, again, with who we had uh, leading us through that experience, uh, the members had their course back pretty good condition and in, uh, in a pretty quick turnaround. Hmm. Oh, good. Did you get the chance to play it in tournament conditions? <laughs> yeah, we went out the last night after uh, the presentation was over and we were fortunate to get our, our group photo there with Michelle and the trophy on the 18th hole. Uh, me, Carrie Braden, and I believe it was Derek at that time. Might have been Dave. Again, my memory isn't always solid on that. But I know Carrie and Braden were a part of it. Uh, we had a, a heck of a tough time getting the ball out of the rough. I mean, you know, the appreciation you learn for those players and how good they were. Forget the, the, you know, the women that are hitting flop shots over your head on the putting green in the morning when you're changing holes. Um, when you get in that rough and it takes everything you got, you know, I mean, I, I have to hit a nine iron or a wedge straight 90 degrees just back to my fairway so I could advance it. And then you watch Michelle, we hit a five iron to, to 10 feet and make an eagle from 220 yards. It's, you know, <laughs> It's like, what's going on? Um, so they're, they're darn good. And the course was definitely more than I'd want to play on a daily basis. So. <laughs> That's why we don't get paid millions of dollars. You got that right. <laughs> so, so we're after St. Chuck's, where do you go from there? I know you had a few other courses uh, under your belt. 
Yeah, I went out to the Glencoe Golf and Country Club in uh, Calgary, just just west of Calgary there. So Canada's largest private golf facility, 45 holes of golf, uh, a couple thousand members. Um, went, went out there with Kerry when he uh, took the job. Um, he was looking for someone to go with him, and it was a good opportunity for myself. And uh, went there and went through a construction project on the forest course um that's their championship 18 holes they were completely renovating it and that kind of became my responsibility for um the first ended up being three years um if you recall the floods of 2013 um about nine days prior to opening that renovation we had it complete uh, the flood pretty much wiped out about 80 percent of that call of course oh my gosh i had to go back through it and uh pretty much put it back together again in uh even a, a tighter window just because of uh the economics of things and get her back in but uh yeah i went to the glencoe phenomenal experience from there i made a little stop at Kananaskis and helped through the renovation from the flood there as well uh, came back to manitoba had an opportunity to to get back home and uh Joined uh, Darren Kalenic at the St. B Golf Club for a season. Uh, later that year, Glendale Golf Club became available, and uh, I was fortunate to uh, to get that job. Um, really enjoyed my time at Glendale, but then Niagara became available, and Niagara was always one of those courses. Um, I'd actually played it once in my life prior to uh, getting the job there, but when I played it, I just said. Uh, you know, the, the potential here, the style, um, everything about it was, um, it became a, a, a real desirable spot if it ever had the opportunity. So uh, I quickly pursued that and, and, and put my efforts into it. And again, very grateful and fortunate to uh, have been given the opportunity there at Niagara. Man, it seems like you're uh, running with it now. And uh, even on a, a little clipping I saw, you you mentioned that uh, you're really greens first. And, and that's always my priority is I always, you know, depending on the course could be whatever, but as long as the greens are good, that's generally going to equal a good time out on the golf course. So is that kind of your thought process behind it? Yeah, I think every superintendent, I mean, our, you know, we are judged mainly on our, our greens, I would say. I mean, you know, everything on the property is important at all it's all encompassing and it, and it creates that, that perfect, uh, you know, experience for the members or for the guests or for, for whoever's out there playing. And, uh, so you want every aspect of it to be good. I mean, that can be the hardest part of the job is you're always scrutinizing yourself and you do that pretty hard. Um, <laughs> but at the end of the day, yeah, you know, if we keep our greens rolling good and we keep that experience fun, um, I guess it buys you a little bit of, of grace uh, in some of those other areas. So what, uh, what does your day look like now? Are you getting like first one there, last one to leave? You know, some days like that, I'm very fortunate. I've got a, a phenomenal team um, at Niagara. Um, assistant uh, John McMorris and my other assistant Shane Bell. Um, a lot of great, great experience and, uh, and our mechanic, Dave Gerlich and then, and then their support team, um, our seasonal team. Um, very fortunate to have that there. So, you know, first in no question, I love the mornings. Um, I do believe unlocking the gates and, and being the first one there is also leading by example, um, try to bring energy every day and, and definitely, um, excited to get up at, uh, you know, pretty early hours and, and get in there and uh, depending on the needs and the demands no question some days can be long um, 
depends what you're doing. But, you know, again, I got the support team. So uh, we try to balance it so that everybody can have a, you know, a fair quality of life. And at the same time, we can produce the golf course that we expect. And is the term greenskeeper okay with you? Because I guess that's mm-hmm. kind of changed a little bit over time. I'm good with it. Yeah. 100%. Um, you know, that's what we are doing. We're keepers of the green, um, keepers of the game. Uh, you know, pretty, uh, pretty easy when it comes to that. And uh, one of the things we touched on last week with Braden was uh, environmental responsibility. I was reading that Niagara is also um, a part of the Audubon Society and, and you're looking to get Audubon certified and working towards that certification. Can you can you speak to that a little bit? Yeah, it's uh, it's exciting. I think, uh, you know, it, it just shows that we're we're doing things that will help sustain um you know, the game of golf and we're doing that in an environmentally friendly fashion and we're providing habitat for a lot of wildlife and, uh, you know, the golf courses are a very healthy ecosystem and they are important to, um, cities and bringing that green life and that, uh, important, that important element of nature, um, to them. So, you know, I went through the process a bit with Braden uh, and Carrie at St. Charles at the time. I kind of, watched over Braden do it. Uh, I didn't really help him a lot, but I had some input with it. Um, at the Glencoe, they were certified, went through the recertification process there. And I do believe, I I think right now there's 100 clubs in Canada certified only, um, you know, which isn't a lot with the number of courses we have. So I look at it as kind of one of those things to maybe assist your club in, 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 you know, with the emphasis on, uh, looking after the environment, um, you know, if we can do anything to help encourage and promote our club and, and, and the benefits we have, uh, I think it's great. So yeah, we're in the process. Um, we got a few categories left to go, but uh, the team feels strongly that we'll have all the information and and work compiled and, and submitted this winter and, and hoping for the site visit next season so that we are uh, a certified sanctuary for our centennial year in 2023 is our actual goal for it. That's awesome. That's so that's so great to hear. I think, uh, you know, uh, the, the biggest reason I wanted to have superintendents on the show was, you know, we didn't really know a lot about them. We They lurked in the shower, in the shadows, in the showers, as we again. said, uh, they were just, that was the old one. They're lurking just, in the uh, showers. You kill the, the groundhogs, <laughs> trying to kill yeah. the groundhogs and, uh, Know, spray spray the grass with chemicals, but it's the complete yeah. opposite, and you you care more about the environment than than anybody else, right? I, I think so, and I think you know if you if you look at the science uh, and what we're doing, you know it's all there to support that uh, you know we're we're providing healthy ecosystems and the practices we do apply, you know are uh, are strictly adhered to and, and followed by the guidelines that are set for them and. You know, there's not as much of it going on as people believe there is. When you have a healthy uh, golf course and ecosystem working for you, you don't run into the challenges as much that require all those other inputs. So we're always learning. We're always growing our knowledge base. Again, back to the conversations you can have with uh, other superintendents, um, whether that be next door to you here or across the country um, or even down south. Um you know, the network is, is big, it's open, and, and all that can help uh, just provide that healthy environment. And this past year at Niaqua, 
you hosted the men's mid-amateur as well as the women's amateur. So how much say did you have in the condition of the golf course or pin placements? You know, I was fortunate. Uh, they kind of let me do my thing with the golf course. It's been, uh, it's been a lot of fun. I think, you know, part of my background too is, uh, you know, I do like to play the game. I did work a couple of PGA tour events as well. A couple of FedEx tour cups uh, down in Boston. And so I've kind of got that tournament experience and, you know, we try to deliver that the best we can on a daily basis for our members. So when it came to setting up and getting ready for the Manitoba mid-am, and, and I'm a big fan of amateur golf. I mean, I follow all the, the events and, and all the social media. Um, you know, I, I do treat it like a major. To me, that's a very important uh, event for the history of golf in Manitoba. And uh, so, yeah, I wanted to make sure that we could produce the uh, best possible golf course we had. And, and again, it, it wasn't, possible without our our great team and uh and also the cooperation of the membership and club um you know the members have to accept those conditions as well and uh and they do and they they seem to enjoy them so you know there's a lot of things that go into to getting it ready and and having a tournament condition course like that but at the end of the day it really wasn't a ton more work than what we try to do for our members daily and it just so happens that a member did win it, Todd Fanning. So did he slip you a fiver and ask you where the pin placements were? <laughs> <laughs> no, I think uh, I think at one point there when he uh, hit a bad bunker shot on 17, I thought uh, I was I was in for it actually, but uh, <laughs> he turned around and chipped it in. So mm-hmm. uh, no question, you know, it was exciting to see that. Obviously, his resume and, and uh, what he's done in amateur golf uh, is great, and, and being a you know the local club player that. Uh, was exciting to see as well um you know pin placements were done with myself and, and the golf professional terry riley um we both went out and put a lot of thought into it hit past the locations and the greens uh, you know had the greens speeds up pretty uh, high prior to the event so we had an idea of, of what we could do and you know uh didn't want to see anyone shoot nine or ten under so to see it i think <laughs> yeah. ended up even right uh mm-hmm. You know, to me, that was a relatively well set up golf course to see see someone come in and play at level through the three rounds. So, um, most players' comments were were positive, and uh, you know, it was a, another phenomenal experience. Um, evening prep and water to make sure greens are as firm and as quick as they could be for the day, and walking that line, uh, it's a rush. You look forward to those opportunities, and hopefully, we'll get some more down the road in the Aqua. Yeah, well, mm-hmm. I'm sure you will. And uh, you did bring up uh, doing some of that, whether FedEx or, or tour events. So what, what brought you out? Because it was TPC Boston, correct? Yeah. So again, through Kerry, uh, he had worked, uh, volunteered at uh, the Farmers Insurance Open at uh, Torrey Pines. And while he was there volunteering, one of the assistants from TPC Boston was also volunteering. And uh, they started chatting about uh, the FedEx Cup event and, and he invited Kerry to go along, but uh, I get two events in a, in a season's a lot to volunteer for because they are seven to ten day um, commitments generally. So Kerry asked if anyone was interested, and uh, I didn't really hesitate too much. Um, jumped on it, and, and you know, the first first time there, the first year there, first time in Boston, um, seeing the men play live. Uh, you know, again, early shifts, four a.m. to ten a.m., few hour nap 
evening shift starting at 4 p.m. going till midnight. Um, you know, you're waiting for Graham McDowell to get off the range at 11.30 at night <laughs> so you can clean up his divots with a shovel. It's, uh, you know, um, but just a phenomenal experience. And, uh, you know, once you volunteer once at a lot of events, as long as you're uh, a good volunteer, um, you know, generally they'll have you back. And so I was able to, to turn around and go and do it again um, the following season. And uh, both experiences were world-class with uh, world-class people. And uh, again, a real strong network and, and some great friendships um, made out of that. And then still talk to some of those folks here four or five years later. So it's great. Uh, just uh, just on that, I, I, I got to reference our competitor. Did, our competitors did a documentary, Barstool Sports, uh, <laughs> on uh, behind the greens of U.S. Open Wingfoot, and that was just an eye opener. And there was certainly some some characters uh, in 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 that documentary. And the one thing that I took from it was the the maintenance crew was staying in a dorm. Were you staying in a dorm while you were there? <laughs> I was fortunate, uh, again, not to age myself, but I was one of the older volunteers um, both years at TPC. So the first year I was there, I actually had my own room. Um, they had me in a hotel, uh, call it a 10-minute drive from from TPC, uh, a little wee town just outside of Boston. Um, can't remember the name of it. It's right by Foxboro. We're close to the, the Patriots' uh, home there as well. But, uh, yeah, I was fortunate first year to have my own hotel room for – for the, the 10 nights, which, I mean, you can't beat that. Um, and then the second year, I, I actually went with one of the uh, mechanics from, from the Glencoe. He went to be a, a volunteer mechanic there. So we shared a room, and uh, so accommodations are solid. But uh, no dorms for us. A little bit more <laughs> luxurious, luxurious there, maybe. Yeah, it seemed like a little bit of a zoo that those guys were living in. But uh, it, was, it, was, it, was, uh, it certainly seemed like a great experience, that's for sure. Yeah, it's uh, no question. It's uh, definitely one thing I've been, you know, the greatest part about what we do for me has been the experiences that uh, business and the game have provided me. It's been, uh, it's been remarkable. So Sean, did you get to play TPC Boston while you're out there? Uh, that's right. No, you know what? Never did. Uh, I did hit a couple putts. That's as much as I got in. Um, they invited us back each year for uh for a day of golf, um, just timing of year was tough for us. Um, usually, generally in our shutdown, so never did play it. But uh, just hitting a few putts, it's definitely on my list. Yeah, absolutely, it looks beautiful. And uh, I imagine the the PGA has a lot to to uh, a lot of guidelines that you guys are in that tournament, or do you guys have uh, free reign to do whatever you want? Oh, no, they pick everything. They pick the pins. Um, there's a lot of conversation at an event like that between uh, tour agronomists, um, set-up people, superintendent, uh, director of agronomy for the golf course. It's uh, pretty uh, pretty scripted. Um, you know, it's it, 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 to watch it all, it's pretty remarkable. I mean, there's uh, everything just it's smooth, right? Everyone knows what they're doing, how they're doing it, and it's seamless and uh yeah, it's really cool to be a part of. Is that something now that you're going to try and do at Niaqua? <laughs> get, get that get that PGA money in there and uh, tune it up real good. I love, uh, I'd love to see something big. I mean, uh, whether it's a Canadian event, uh, you know, something like that, a Canadian Am or a Canadian Senior, uh, something like that would be pretty fun for sure. 
And you uh, also, uh, we mentioned uh, at the very beginning here that you, you do, you play golf. Um, what is your index at right now? Seven, four, maybe seven, six, something like that. I mean, it's, it's all right. Seven, uh, seven, seven. I looked it up. Today. Okay. <laughs> seven, okay. There we go. Uh, you had a, you had a 74 there. the other day. I yeah, I had a couple of good rounds back to back finally. Thank yeah, I think it's 74, 75, uh, 74 Carbon, 75 Niaqua. But, uh, you know, I haven't played a lot this year. Uh, had to relearn a little bit of a golf swing this year. Had a pretty significant shoulder surgery last November. And uh, so it's been a grind. There's been some some big numbers. And, um, you know, I like to work at it. I'd love to, to see it down in the four or five range. And uh, I'd be really happy down there. But at the end of the day, I've never had a bad round of golf. Hey, true. Amen to that. And there, there is a superintendent's a tournament as well, a national tournament uh, that you're going to be competing in. Is that correct? Yeah, we go to it's fall field day. So they do it every okay. year. Um, obviously COVID last year got in the way this year. They're, they're, they're splitting it. So there's one in the East and the West. Um, I've done three or four of them in the past. We held one at St. Charles. Uh, I can't recall what year. Um, I want to say 09 maybe, but um, you know, it, it's fun. There's a net and a gross winner. Um, it is just stroke play one round, but uh the winner usually gets a conference package for the Canadian conference and a, and a nice Toro plaque or bronze dish and things like that. So, I mean, you know what, to, to have one round a year where there's some, some competitive golf and you got to put everything out. Um, I, I do look forward to it. And uh, yeah, we're off to Canmore here actually uh, probably in about seven hours, we're going to hit the road and uh get ourselves out there and get ready for a, a good day of golf on Tuesday. Wow. Doing the overnight right. journey. Yeah. We'll leave that probably around 3am. So for us, that's uh, not far off and normal. Okay, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Regular day. Yeah. Can't, so it's at Canmore golf and country club out there. You betcha. Yeah. We uh, stop in there. We're going to play Mickelson national and uh, Calgary golf and country club as well. And uh <laughs> Kind of go from there, get a few games right. in and uh, get recharged to come back and, and get some good work done in the fall here and get ready to prep the course for uh, for a long winter. JR, uh, friend of the pod, Brian Haswell, used to be a greens keeper at uh, the Canmore Golf and Country Club many years ago. Mm, what a what a spot. Right. Yeah, Looking forward to it. Uh, you know, spent six years out there, never, never did see it, but... Uh, I know it's going to be in phenomenal condition. And uh, like I said, it, I don't think there's such thing as a bad day on the golf course. So it's uh, it's going to be really enjoyable. Yeah, well, we are no. certainly hoping for a, a long fall so we can remain on the golf course. But what do you have to do to uh, winterize the course? There's a lot to do. I mean, that's a, that's a long-winded question, to be honest. I mean, you take everything off the golf course, benches, ball washers, rakes, all that stuff. I mean, last year was easy. COVID was gone. But, you know, you got to strip it down, and then you got to prep it for winter. Um, so, you know, there's some product application required, and cultural practices are kind of on their way right now. And, uh, you know, it's uh, pretty busy call it three to four weeks when the golf season does end that we have ahead of us. And uh, if all goes well and mother nature cooperates, it's a great time to truly improve your facility as well in some capacity and, you know, take some pressure off for the following spring. Um, whether that's things like edging bunkers or, you know, items like that, uh, you know, there's always, always something on the list. Uh, the job is never done. And if you think it is, uh, <laughs> 
probably time to show yourself the gate because uh, uh, there's always something to be done. Yes. Treating greens with fungicide. You got to watch out for that snow mold is what I've learned in the last week. You got that right. That's, that's our biggest concern adding in the winter and it's uh, all about timing and then and, and mother nature itself. I mean, uh, you never know what we're going to get and, and, you know, she can create some significant challenges for us. And, uh, we've had a couple of, of years that were interesting. So, you know, you're always watching the forecast and, uh, just cause golf's done doesn't mean the job's done. We spent a lot of time, you know, doing just that, inspecting the course, looking at ice conditions, snow conditions and, and what's going on and, and trying to make, our best decisions in, in every effort we can to ensure that we've got uh, excellent conditions in the spring for, for everyone to enjoy because, you know, it's, it is a short season and, uh, you know, there's a premium on being good early. If you're good early, um, that turns into a pretty excellent summer for your club and your members. And, and that's our goal every day. Absolutely. I do have one fringe question, pun intended. Um, (laughs) It's about yardage markers. So some courses are so well marked and then others are not. Is that, is that a money thing or some people say, yeah, you know, I, I I like it as pure as possible personally. Um, Mm -hmm. I'm not a big fan of the 100, 150, 200 stakes in the fairway. Again, this is all personal opinion. Um, Again, and it depends on the club, right? Some clubs need that for pace of play. Um, some clubs don't need that, um, you know. So my preference is as minimal as possible. I think if you play golf nowadays and someone in your group doesn't have a, a range finder or a Garmin watch or one of those square things that I see now, I don't even know what it is for technology. I mean, there's so many options and everybody has them. Um to me, that's, that's as accurate as anything. And at the end of the day, if you really look at it, all those things cost money. Um, you know, if you want to have every sprinkler head marked, you got to stay on top of it. That's labor, that's resources, that's money. Same with the ones in the fairway. Those posts got to be moved to cut those fairways every day. That's time, that's money. So, you know, the more we can reduce, the more we can do. And uh, I think, you know, for myself personally, those things being... Um, minimal allows us to maybe focus on some other details um, to present the property better. Hmm. Well, that's a, that's a fair answer. And I got my GPS watch now. So and now I'm, <laughs> there you go. I'm lost without it. So if I were to ever go to a course that is, is not well marked, um, I'm a little bit lost, but yeah, I can respect uh, the pureness of the game and, and, and that, uh, you know, that, look at it. So uh, yeah, that's a, that's a fair answer. I had uh, one more before we maybe jump into the back nine lightning round. And uh, that was uh, just kind of what it takes to, to put in a new green. Cause you know, growing up uh, at the golf course that I was at a cinema and golf club, we were pre- replaced a couple greens and you just think, Oh, it's just throwing down, you know, grass on, on dirt or sand. But uh, I think there's a lot more that goes into it than that. Yeah. I mean, you can do it that way. And, and, you know, might have success and, and enjoy it. But when we're looking for performance and, and performance daily over a, you know, a 90 day period in the summer, there's a lot of factors that go into it. So, you know, we're building, uh, we've been in the process of, of replacing original greens and, uh, 
we've got some more on the, on the, the list here coming up. Uh, yeah, there's a lot to it. I mean, we, we test our, our sands and our, and our organics to make sure that, uh, you know, infiltration rates are proper and, and porosity spaces there and, and, and the sieve sizes and the fines and the silt content and all that stuff um, is going to be where the research says it needs to be so that uh, at the end of the day, we can, we can grow that healthy grass that hopefully won't require a whole ton of inputs, but we'll produce a phenomenal experience for, for many years. And that's all that you can ask for. Greens mm-hmm. first. Greens first. You, Sean, do you think if I get a moisture reader in my bag, it would help me read the greens, how fast they are? Yeah, you know, it might. Uh, you know, Expensive tool, I'm sure. Yeah, we, we can get you one with the GPS and, you know, look at one of our phones and you're actually working and you don't know it. So <laughs> there might be something to that. Yeah, Perfect. That hey. All right. Set me up with a membership and I'll, uh, I'll read the greens all, every time I'm out there. Yeah, get the GPS unit going right. and away you go. All right, Mike, you ready? I'm I'm ready. Okay. Uh, my internet may not be. Okay. Well, well. Uh, it's a lightning round for a reason. It's the back nine lightning round, and is driven by Jamie Wilkie and the new Winnipeg Dodge in the Point West Auto Park, where you can improve your ride and your drive. Check them out. WinnipegDodge.com. They're different. They are different. And and you mentioned earlier, Jr. That uh, Ville Henala just got a new Grand Cherokee. So uh, good for that guy. Yeah, and good for oh. Wilkie too. Is he in the lineup this year? Is he making the team? Uh, I don't know. Maybe with the new Jeep Grand Cherokee, he will be. Nice. I did my uh, ticket draft the other night, so I got <laughs> I got some my my games locked down, and uh, I'm excited for the season to begin. He definitely won't be missing practice uh, with that four by four Jeep Grand Cherokee, though. That's for sure. <laughs> when the snow falls. No, <laughs> but uh, let let's get into it here. Um, have you ever got a hole in one, Sean? No, no, no. Have you ever been close? Anything close? Maybe a, maybe an eagle, maybe an albatross. No, albies. Uh, you know, eagles. Yeah, I've had a you know fair number of those, I guess, over the years. Uh, I've been close hole in ones, no question. Um, inches uh, looks like the ball's pretty much in, but just never, uh, never been lucky enough. You think has anyone designed a green that just funnels into the hole? Like if you were to hit it. <laughs> within 20 feet of the hole and it will just funnel in. That would be nice. Yeah. There's some punch might be, there. might be cheating, I guess. <laughs> like anyway. Yeah. That's right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Perfect. I love bumper pool. Uh, what would be your preferred golf ball brand and model? I'm a Titleist one X. Mm-hmm. Yeah. A Titleist I think so we're, far. Yeah. That's a, that's been the go-to. I will say I've been hitting the TPX five um, a little bit, and and I have been enjoying it. So, uh, you know, uh, maybe one day there'll be a full switch. <laughs> no, well, we'll see. <laughs> yeah. Shout out to Taylor May. Yeah, that was uh, a big easy in case he, right, he listens. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and also we are open too. Free sleeves of golf balls. Yeah. Do you find a lot of uh, golf balls out on the course and, and do you get to keep them or, or uh, those? You know, I don't spend too much time looking for balls. Um, yeah. You know, if the staff come across them. It's, it's a great reward for them to fill their boots. Um, 
Yeah, we find a lot. It's baffling. Um, if you knew how to produce a good golf ball, you'd make money. It, uh, a lot of them are left out there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you should have a, a tax, a golf ball tax. And when the, uh, the staff find them, you, that you get, 20% of the balls that they find <laughs> and then give them to us. They'd probably do that. You know, they're, you know, they're getting a DQ cake here uh, for some golf balls. That's right. Yeah, like all for it. Oh, yeah. Shout out to the, uh, the, the team. Yeah. 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 Big props. At Niaqua. 18 over par is looking for balls. So, uh, you might be partial to uh, Niaqua, but uh, what would be your favorite course in Manitoba? Oh, man, that's such a, a big question for me when you enjoy golfing as much as I do. I mean, no question, love where I'm at right now. Um, Stanley Thompson, and, and they've done so many great things over the years that still reflect Stanley and the feel of an, uh, an old classic golf course. And, you know, when Mother Nature's helping and, and we're producing uh, a good experience there, I, no question, I, I think that's my favorite track. Um, you know, special, obviously, the Carmen Golf Club. That's where I got started. I go out there every Wednesday. Um great people out that way and in a great course. I mean, I, I do highly suggest you to get out there for a game. I mean, it's uh, always in, in great condition and just a lot of fun, real good, good crack. And then, you know, I, there's a lot that I enjoy. I mean, Elmhurst to me is, is a special track. I think some of the stuff they've done going back to the original um, Donald Ross stuff, um, that's phenomenal. You know, St. Charles and the Ross and McKenzie, are uh, the rotation you have and, and they're they're in the condition that they're known for um, pretty special spot as well with the time I've spent there so it's it is it'd be unfair to I think pick one um, I've been really uh, fortunate over the years to, to spend time at some of those uh, through through the career and, and obviously know people and, and played the other ones um, relatively frequently as well so uh, one thing there's for sure the golf quality in Manitoba um, is exceptional and, and uh, there's a lot of lucky golfers in this province absolutely do you have a bucket list course in Manitoba that you've never played and you'd love to get out to Wow, that is a fantastic question. Poplar Ridge. Oh, nice. Up by Clear Lake. And yeah, on, and, it, on and all. On and all. I've, you know, I've done, done Clear Lake um, many moons ago, but uh, I'd love to check that one out. I've, I've heard a lot of good things about it, and uh, that would be on my list. Yeah, and they have a, a great practice facility there. I was there uh, last weekend at the range, and they have a nice 60-yard kind of chipping green. So sorry to the superintendent there because I put a bunch <laughs> of uh, divots in the green and chunked up their uh, little fairway there. So sorry. But, yeah, I know that's a, a beautiful course. And I'm, it's very, you know, it's probably, what, only 15, 20 years old. Yeah, I think at the most, maybe. I mean, again, yeah. my time, um, you know, like I said, I've really enjoyed this this job, and, and it does keep you busy, um, quite busy, so time flies. Uh, it's amazing. Um, 23 years ago that I kind of got into it, so. Yeah, wow. well, time does fly, and 
And uh, this is the lightning round, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> so you, you mentioned you mentioned Glencoe, you mentioned uh, Kananaskis, uh, Grand Niagara, St. Charles, all these courses. What would be the most memorable course that you've ever played? Uh, also, Glencoe was in my my book written by uh, John Gordon in, in top courses of. Uh, Canada recent uh, um, guests so yeah I mean again tough thing you know, lightning round day eh? I'm probably the worst guest you'll ever oh, have that's all right no. they're, they're all lightning rounds uh, are always extended We're, we don't worry yeah, about I'm, too I'm much. just uh, giving you a hard time <laughs> <laughs> yeah you know I've been fortunate to play a lot of great courses I mean you know Torrey Pines uh, Whisper Rock in, in Scottsdale Arizona real high end private facility there I mean <laughs> Probably the best. I went on a really great golf trip uh, just right before COVID hit uh, Georgia on our way to Florida. Um, started with East Lake, went from oh, East wow. Lake to uh, Champions Retreat, and that place hosts the first two rounds of the Augusta Women's uh, National event. So, excellent course. And then from there, I went to a place called the Ohupi Match Club. Um, I don't know if you've heard of that one. No. Um, Take a peek. Uh, Ohupi Match Club, I think, quite quickly will be one of the top five or ten most exclusive clubs in the United States. I think they have 30 members. Um, will Smith, Rory McIlroy, Larry Fitzgerald. Mm, uh, those guys. Uh, <laughs> you know, that's, uh, that's all that's there. So, I mean, we drove through a cotton field and an onion field to get to this course. Uh uh, unbelievable experience. I mean, uh, it's it's built for match play. There's 20, 20 holes or something, 21. Um, again, that great memory of mine. But, uh, you know, just a special spot. I mean, you know, 30 people have the right to book times there, and uh, and that's it. So we, uh, we lucked out, um, had a way in, and uh, probably had the golf trip and an experience of a lifetime almost, although every year we try to top it. And, yeah. Uh, so yeah, that would be a, the, the long answer in the golf, and then yeah, the how, how was it golfing with Will Smith? Oh god, I didn't golf with. Him. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I do have a picture getting my uh, getting my golf shoes on in his locker, though. You know, oh, you yeah. needed something. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, to prove you were there. Yeah, but Sorry. you know, again, just to to hit a spot like that. I mean, think about what the money is that those guys are spending, and just to get the opportunity. Um, I've been really lucky, you know, again, through this business, a lot of awesome golf courses, awesome golf experiences and just meet great people doing it. Um, you know, for me, that's what, what really, uh, keeps me going is, uh, is, is the game of golf itself. Absolutely. Uh, so what would be your bucket list course anywhere in the world? Uh, right now I'd say probably Cyprus. Cyprus. I, I think that'd be a pretty special spot to go walk and, and, and swing the sticks. Uh, Mackenzie, right on the coast. Um, that would probably be a, for me more than, than Augusta or St. Andrews. Um, but hopefully a lot of life ahead of me, hopefully a lot of golf, and uh, you know, hopefully not much left on a bucket list when it's all said and done. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'll have to get out to Cyprus. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> yeah. Uh, St. Andrews was nothing to sneeze. Yeah, we was going to say the bingo card is complete because yeah. St. Andrews got mentioned. What, uh, Sean, what would be your... Yeah, yeah. Sean, what would be your career low round? 
I believe it was 71. Oh, Oh, nice. Yeah. That was an even par round at the carbon golf club. Um, uh, that's it. Never broken the E. I, I always tell my boys if I break the E, I might hang them up. Um, <laughs> but uh, like I said, I'm still kind of ironing out some some poor shots this year. But you know, I'll keep playing, and uh, maybe one day I can break it, and, and that'd be pretty cool. Now, uh, not specific to Niagara, but what would be not the biggest frustration, but the biggest message? Well, the fact that you're out playing at all. Um, no, I'm just kidding. Obviously, that's yeah, really no. right. I mean, uh, you know, the dream job is probably having 18 holes of golf and, and only you get to play it. But uh, no, I, I, we're there to provide golf and we, I mean, we want people to use their facilities and we want people to enjoy them. Um, and a lot of work goes into it. Um, it's a, it's definitely a, a career and a, and a labor of, of pride and passion. And, uh, you know, I think we all do the best with what we're provided to work with from resource standpoint. Um, whenever you're dealing with mother nature, it's a challenge and, and it's not as straightforward as your home line. I can assure you that um, there's a reason that guys go out and get degrees to do what we do, that we work with PhDs and, and that so much money is invested and spent on research and science of what we do. I mean, what we do is an art in my opinion, but there is science to back the art and it's how we apply that science that sets us uh, up for success uh, or challenges. And, uh, you know, I, I think patience is one thing. I mean, it's not always perfect. Um, you know, it can't be nothing in nature is perfect. Um, you know, Carrie used to always say a line and, uh, I still use it to this day. I mean, perfection is rarely achieved on a golf course, but the pursuit of perfection is something that we try to deliver and bring on a daily basis. And, um, you know, you don't need to tell me when it's bad. Um, I'll be well aware of it. Um, probably well, well ahead of you. And, uh, you know, when it's great, um, I don't necessarily need to hear it then either, but that, uh, that group of people you see working out there on the course every day when you're out playing, would love to hear. Thank you. Absolutely. So thank you, Sean. Yeah, thank you. Thank you, fellas. <laughs> uh, we're not over. We're not done yet. But uh, so our, our flagship question: What is your favorite condiment? What is my favorite condiment? Mm-hmm. That's loaded too. Um, you know where I'm going with this? Yeah. I'm going right to mayonnaise. Mayonnaise. Hey. Yeah. Another mayo. But it has to be like mayonnaise. You know, not Miracle yeah. Whip. Not Miracle Whip. Okay. I mean. Let's put that on French fries. Let's put that on burgers. Um, so you're all in on mayo. mayo. That's what it sounds like. I'm pretty all in on mayo. Yeah. yeah. Like when I go to five guys, I need extra mayo. Oh yeah. Friends, you know? <laughs> That's good stuff. Get a couple, uh, the, as a superintendent, are you, are you getting a lot of free food from the, uh, you know, from the snack shacks and a few pork, a few, a few pork missiles. Yeah. You know, I've had a few pork missiles over the summer, but uh, pretty fortunate to, uh, you know, work where I do and, and our meals are, are pretty darn remarkable. Um, mm-hmm. We got an excellent culinary team there and uh, I'm pretty happy to eat, eat my meals there every day. That's awesome. Yeah. yeah. What a life. That is. That is a life. Yeah. Get a little lubrication with the mayo and uh, you can get a little <laughs> lubrication too at the new Winnipeg Dodge. They got a great service center there and uh, they are wonderful partners of us here at the, uh, the back nine lightning round for H and over par. You can check out Wilkie and maybe they'll tell you about Billy Hanula getting that, uh, 
Jeep Grand Cherokee. Mm-hmm. Or you can check them out, winnipegdodge.com. That was the Back Nine Lightning Round, and that is a wrap on the Lightning Round as well as on the show. So uh, thank you so much for hanging around. And one last question before we go, because we always like to throw this one in there. If you have a, a favorite DQ Blizzard, because the Nick and Nicky group of uh, DQs are also a great uh, community sponsor of golf here in the province and a partner of this show. You can check them out at DQ Northgate, DQ Polo Park, and the Food Court. DQ Niverville and DQ St. Anne's Road. You can follow them on Instagram at DQ Manitoba. So, Sean, do you have a favorite blizzard? Oh, absolutely. And I, you know, it was always the uh, orange nerds. Whoa. Uh, Nice. Nerds blizzard was like, it was, it was lights out. Yeah. Wow. We'll have to get that one back because yeah. is that's not. Yeah, I don't know. You know, it's, you know, I don't get a lot of ice cream opportunities now in the summer, right? So it's been a while since I had one. But uh, last time I had a blizzard, that puppy was uh, was orange nerds. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome and jr i gotta give a shout out to nick from from dq manitoba he was able to eat 18 burgers from burger week he's an absolute burger My connoisseur God. so shout out to nick his colon yeah, is know. gonna be rocking my god that is a lot of meat yes yes it is <laughs> those burgers uh yeah mayo or no mayo yeah, well, I'm free, so that's great. But uh. <laughs> Yeah, no, that's awesome. And, Sean, thanks again. Uh, enjoy your trip out to Canmore. Uh, best of luck, and uh, we really appreciate you taking the time for joining us here on 18 Over Par. Have yourself a uh, wonderful evening and a wonderful trip. Bye-bye. Thanks, Sean. Thanks. And you can count on me waiting for you in the parking lot. You're late for your tea time, as per usual. It's 12-12, but you wouldn't know. The clock in your piece-of-shit ride just blinks eights at you. It's embarrassing. You find the parking stall the farthest away from the clubhouse. You can't be seen in your shitbox. You know you're going to play awful because you feel awful. Your car doesn't match that swagger buried deep down inside. That golfing champion waiting to be unleashed. Ding. Your bumper hits the concrete as you accidentally sit on it while putting on your golf shoes. You smile. Because tomorrow, you're going to see Jamie Wilkie at the new Winnipeg Dodge in the Point West Auto Park. The front doors will open like the Azalea Line gates at Augusta. You'll ask for the best-looking guy there. You'll find the former amateur champ, Jamie Wilkie, staring back at you. You hand over your money. Your new ride glistens as it pulls out of the dealership. Then Jamie approaches and whispers in your ear, Son, next week, I'm taking you golfing at Breezy Bend. I'll show you a thing or two. You smile again, as now your golf game will look and feel as good as your new ride. Improve your ride and your drive with Jamie Wilkie at the new Winnipeg Dodge in the Point West Auto Park. WinnipegDodge.com JR, we have a lot of fun on this podcast, but I want to take a second to talk about something that has affected me personally. Every year, millions of Canadians suffer from brain freeze. It can happen to anyone. It's a hot summer day. You're aggressively enjoying a DQ cool treat, a blizzard, a dilly bar, or a variety of personalized ice cream cakes, and whammo, brain freeze. It hits you like a triple bogey. The good news is you can enjoy these delicious treats in a moderately sized bite. 
So get over to any Nick and Nicky's group of DQs and enjoy some DQ treats safely. DQ Northgate on McPhillips, DQ Pole Park in, food, in the food court, DQ Niverville, and DQ St. Anne's Road. Go see them today for tasty treats.